dude, this is the most, this is going to be probably the first time that I've actually like had to process these answers out loud. And it's just going to sound even more bizarre as I hear it myself. Like I have zero acting experience, theater. Like my only relationship with movies is I watch them. to the passion behind the art show. It's all about diving in with individuals to learn the story behind their passion. It's your host, Daryl Payne. What's up? Thank you for stopping by. You're in for a treat. Remember to check out my newest project, flyteddy.com. Flyteddy.com. Now, time for this week's episode. I am super excited to have my brother from another mother, Ian Allen, on the Passion Band Art Show. I think it's fair to call him a movie star now. So, Ian, welcome. Right. What's up? What's <laughs> up? Good to be back, man. All right. So I saw this movie and first I saw your wife, like a feature for your wife. And I was like, oh, snap. She's a movie. <laughs> And then I saw that you were in it too. And I was just like, where have I been? Like, am I, has my head just been so much in the sand? So before we get into that, what you've been up to, how is things going with Eminent Worship? Kind of tell me how you've yeah. been. Yeah, man. So um, it's been a couple of years, I think, even since I was on here and, and kind of gave an idea for what we were doing. Backstory, if if you don't know any of it, I, I run a nonprofit called Imminent Worship. I can't even say it. And uh, really, our heart has been to unify and equip the local church specifically in the area of worship. And so that looks a lot of different ways. We were gathering once at different churches, utilizing different worship teams, uh, really just to build unity in our community, to kind of gather the Big C Church and say, hey, do your thing the way you do it on the weekends, but like there's a big, like we can all get together quickly and collectively ship and, and kind of through that journey. Um, I feel like we've added layers just as we've gone this year, we celebrated 11 years. So I feel like we've just kind of, the longer we've done it, we've unearthed some other things that we could potentially be doing. So as we've been gathering, we've realized like, man, the musicians and worship leaders and worship teams throughout our city are all in different places, different places of stylistically different places, um, just in their education. Some people have literally grown up just learning from YouTube while others are professionally trained or they've gone to school for it. And so utilizing that knowledge to create some sort of a pool or a system where we can equip and train and do workshops and like gather, especially like students. I've been doing a lot of work recently with youth group bands where churches are like, Hey, we've got kids in our church that are 
that are gifted musically. They're not quite where they need to be to like lead on a Sunday morning, but we really want to leverage them in the youth environment. And so coming in and doing trainings with them, not just musically, but also teaching like, what is worship? Why do we worship? Like more of the heart behind it than just the skill behind it. Um, but then fast forward really over the last couple of years, I think this uh, pandemic has highlighted, I think it's made a lot of things that were actually there more evident. So I don't think this is a new problem, but I think it's just exposed the problem. Um, but I've just noticed one through personal experience and then just relationships with friends that are in the ministry is one ministry is hard and ministry on the front lines is brutal and exhausting. And I, my mind is just brought to the passage in Exodus where Moses is on top of the mountain and uh, the battle's going, do- going on down in the valley. And it says that he gets, every time he lifts his hands, they, they advance and when his hands get tired, then they fall back and Aaron and her are up on the mountain and they begin to lift his hands so that um, the, the army can be victorious down in the valley. And I've just, it was such a beautiful picture, but really a saddening picture of the Moseses that are leading our churches um, from the stage, from the pulpit that are just tired, like they're just worn out. Most of them by vocational work in multiple jobs with families at home and marriages at home and ev- on top of everything else going on in our world. And I was like, man, what does it look like to gather a group of troops that help hold one another's arms up? Um, you don't have to go to my church or even be a part of my denomination for me to fight alongside you and, and make sure that you stay in the game. I've just seen friends that are on the verge of quitting, saying like ministry isn't for me. Um, people that I know have a calling to do it people that have fallen into sin just because they're tired and exhausted. And that's where the enemy kind of sneaks in. And so that's really been our push over the last couple of years as we've transitioned. Um, when gatherings kind of became hard, we're like, all right, well, we're not just going to stop. What's the next need or what's the now need. And I think what's really been highlighted is that need to like get in the trenches with these leaders and hold their hands up and hold their heads up and say, Hey, we need you now more than ever. I love that, man, because I think one of the things that's always forgotten is that leaders, leaders need help, too. Oh, absolutely. Like, like we, we are ready to celebrate them. We are ready to criticize them. Mm. But we are not always ready to care for them. Yeah. They need people to kind of lift them up, um, kind of pour into them, too. And of course, some of that comes with the territory of being a leader. You're usually the one that's doing that stuff. But I think it requires someone stepping out and saying, okay, who is looking out for the leader? So I love that y'all are doing that. Right. Amen. All right. So how, Shaping David, how did this come about? Like, (laughs) are, are you like the executive producer or something like that? Like, what's going on? Talk to me, bro. Dude, this is the most, this is going to be probably the first time that I've actually like had to process these answers out loud. And it's just going to sound even more bizarre as I hear it myself. Like I have zero acting experience, theater, like my only relationship with movies is I watch them. And so um, I'm friends with a group of guys in town that have kind of all had their own photography or videography or wedding businesses over the past couple of years that I've just kind of linked arms with and become friends with. Well, 
a couple of years ago, they all kind of rallied together and started this company. Um, and I may get some of these beginning details wrong, but basically now they all work together for one organization here in town called In Color. And they've been doing the commercials. They had a Super Bowl commercial premiere a couple of years ago for a, a uh, custom car shop here in town. And um, they've done like bumper videos for churches and a lot of that kind of stuff, really small scale. Well, about a year ago, um, it was like last summer. So it's summer of 2020. They kind of scratched this itch of, man, let's put together, what if we wrote a movie? Like script, plot, all of it. Like the whole write it, shoot it, edit it, all the things. I wasn't part of this. I wasn't even aware of this conversation. So I get a phone call or a text probably late summer, early fall last year. And it was like, hey, we are shooting a movie. We have a script. We have a character in mind that reminds us of you. Would you be willing to read the script, come in for a script reading with the cast, and just see if that's even something you'd want to do? And I'm like, do you have the right guy? Like, did y'all call the right number? Like. <laughs> I don't act. <laughs> uh, my background is ministry and I've been a school teacher for a few years. And I'm like, what, like, what is this character? Um, and so I was like, yeah, why not? Like, I'll just, I'll entertain it. And so I went in, took my wife with me and we sat there and read the whole script, like took probably over an hour, hour and a half to just sit and read cover to cover. And we finished it. And they looked at my wife or they looked at me and they're like, so what do you think? And my wife said, that is absolutely him. Like that character is him to a T. And I was like, well, if she says so, like, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I, I've been married long enough now to know that if my wife says to do it, I do it. And, um, and it was really cool because, and that's what they encouraged. I was like, guys, you might, you're going to waste a lot of money on me because there's going to be so many takes. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know how to act. I don't know how to do in front of a camera and all the things, but the, I really feel, and this was just a Lord thing. Like they, they didn't write the script to fit me. They wrote the script and later realized like that is who he is. Mm. And so that was the encouragement the whole time, like on the set shooting, um, all the things they were like, man, don't, don't play this character. Just be you like this character is you. Mm. And so, um, yeah, that's that's how the whole introduction happened. We started shooting, I think it was last September or October, and we just wrapped here like a few weeks ago. Um, and so it's been a crazy journey. Bro, that is so crazy, bro. I'm hoping to kind of live vicariously through you now. <laughs> oh, man, that's so cool. So two things. Um what was the hardest thing that you had to kind of deal with through this process? And then I asked you the yeah. second one. Okay. Um, I, mean, I think the hardest thing was, it was a ton of fun. I loved it. I loved every minute. Like it was the whole experience. And I can't, again, I can't compare it to anything because I've never done this before. So I can't say like, this was the easiest on set, whatever. But I think the most difficult thing was just being uber flexible mm. we we uh, we use the term all the time on the set hurry up and wait like you'd be told to be there like call time would be 8 a.m for a shoot and you wouldn't start filming till 11 or 1 and so you're like why am i here um 
and obviously this was their first movie too. So like everybody in it and everybody producing it, no prior experience. They've done commercials and short stuff before. And so even talking in post conversations, there were, there were things they were like, obviously you guys didn't need to be there while we're setting up the props. Like we should have had like call times for the, for the crew. And then the cast literally just shows up and run the line. So there was a lot of dead time. Um, another funny thing is there's so much on the back end, and I still don't like there's they're even keeping a lot a secret from us. They're like, you'll see it on the screen. Like, like until a week ago, I didn't even know they have rewritten the original script multiple times. Like it is not even the same story that I sat down and read at the script mm. reading. Um, but they they really want it to be a surprise, even for us. Like if you're not in that scene, like I want you to see it in action. Um, but they're <laughs> We, we wrapped, I'm air quoting because, but I don't even think this is a video podcast. Um, they, we wrapped three different times, meaning like that's everything we have shot. We're done. It's time to edit. We were told like, um, so last, we started shooting last September, October, we wrapped, oh, I'm going to mess my time frames up. I think before Christmas. And so we were done. And I was like, we're done, done, right? Like I, I have a look, like I, my beard's got to be shaped a certain way and my hair, and I, they're like, yeah, we're good. Like you can you can trim it, you can get a haircut, all the things. So I did all that. And then like a few months later, it was like, hey man, we actually need to shoot a few more scenes. And so if you could get your hair and beard looking like it did, I was like, oh my gosh. And that happened two more times. Like another time, it was like, all right, we're done for real now. And I was like, okay, so I can get a haircut. And they're like, actually and so we've been joking this whole time like i won't believe it's done until i'm sitting in a theater seat with popcorn like that's when i'll know um so i think that was the hardest thing is like obviously i'm working multiple jobs there were times that um they would call and there was there's so many moving parts like we're down in columbus but we were using an audio team from atlanta which is like two hours away so they would call me and be like, Hey, the audio team, we need to reshoot some scenes on Friday. That's the only day the audio team can do it. And it wasn't really like, can you do Friday? It was, we're doing Friday. And so like, I'd have to call and rearrange meetings or get out of things. So it wasn't disastrous. Like luckily the nature of what I do is very flexible. And so I could, it was easy to move things around, but it was always like every day was a guessing game. Like me and my wife would joke. She'd be like, do you have any scenes to shoot this week? And I'd be like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, and towards the end, it was funny. Like some of the early scenes we shot, I think the first scene I shot was one of my longest dialogue scenes. So mm. I was like, you just set me up to fail. I've never been in a movie. You gave me pages of paragraphs and that's the, like, you're not even going to work me into this. Like, I got to start with that. Well, as the movie progressed and they're tweaking scenes and rewriting scenes, there were days literally that they would hand me the scene on the set. So like, I wouldn't get it ahead of time. I'd show up and they'd be like, here's your lines for today. Um, and I feel like those were the scenes I did best at because there wasn't the buildup of pressure of like, I've got to do it this way. So those were the scenes Honestly, I'm excited to see the post work of, because I think that's where I was most comfortable in who I was not as a character, but just as me. Mm. And so the lines were less about memorization and more about like, Hey, here's the setup for the scene. Just yeah. blow with it. Gotcha. That's so cool, man. So shaping David, like what is the smoothie about? What can you see? Like, what is it about? Like, it's the whole yeah. premise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, again, like I said earlier, it has, 
I think the skeleton of it has stayed the same, but even the storyline has shifted so much. So the original, I think, even where the idea came from, um, these guys were doing some work for a local church that was wanting to project in the future. They wanted to do a series on David. And so they wanted to film some elements that were kind of modern day depictions of the biblical story, David, and and then use them throughout service. So like bumper videos, pre-roll sermon illustrations, like, hey, check out this one minute scene. Well, in their process of doing that, they're like, why not just shoot an entire movie with that idea? And then you guys can use select scenes for your series. So it kind of killed two birds with one stone. Um, but then as they wrote it, they were like, we don't want it to be exact, like modern day characters, but this guy betrays his friend and sleeps with his <laughs> wife and does like, like they felt like that would be super cheesy. And so, which I love, I mean, honest, to be honest, there's, there's a stigma on faith-based movies that they're cheesy and they're low budget and they're this and that. And so these guys have been very intentional about staying true to the message, but not letting it be cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see, we'll see when the final product comes out, but they've been very careful to say, Hey, how do we get the same message across without fitting that stereotype? Gotcha. And so as they developed that, they were like, all right, so let's follow the theme of David really of like redemption, like a guy that is gifted, is talented, was called at a young age, messes up multiple times throughout his life, but the Lord still continues to like take him on this redemptive journey. And so that's really the idea. So the main character of the movie, his name is David. He goes through just kind of this tragedy in his life that kind of derails him. He's a musician, but he puts all that aside when, when something crumbles in his life. Um, really just kind of grows up into this grumpy, depressed adult. And so I connect with him on the scene of his, of his job. I, I link arms with him on the job. Um, our boss connects us. I'm basically training or interning under him. And the boss is like, Hey, David, you're going to be, my character is Simon. Hey, David, you're going to be working with Simon and basically showing him the ropes of this job. So as we build a relationship, um, at work, he has just got these walls up. Like I'm asking questions and he tells me to shut up, stop talking. I'm trying to focus and work. And so he's just this hard, hearted character that I'm trying to break through. And so throughout the course of the movie, I slowly, slowly, slowly get in and start pulling him in and inviting him to play golf and inviting him to come to a birthday party. And I'm like, just slowly trying to like pull him out of his rut. So really that's kind of the whole movie is it develops his storyline. Like how did he get here? Like, why is this dude just a jerk? But then it also follows this new relationship that we get work of like, can Simon get through to him? Cause nobody else is. And so it's really cool, man. It's been incredible. What's hilarious is the main actor, he is two in the movie that have any, well, no, there's three guys, sorry, two guys and a girl that have any prior like acting experience, but most of them are all theater. And so even asking them like, Hey, help me with lines or help me with whatever. They're like, man, the movie world is so different than theater. Like theater, you're in front of a live audience. There is no second take. Like you, you got to get it right. Um, but the first 
first time I didn't know this guy before the movie. And so the, the first time I ever meet him, he is in character. Like this dude lives his character. So like even behind, even offset when we weren't filming, he's a jerk. He's grumpy. He's just like, and so that's all I know of him. Like he's a jerk offset and he's a jerk onset. So I just assume they, this is a jerk. 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 Yeah. (laughs) And so like, I'm trying to cut up. I'm like the comedic relief of the movie. Like I'm, I'm playing pranks and jokes on people behind the scenes who are not filming and stuff. And this guy just won't break face. Like he's just like, I'm about to hit him. And, and then there's one day, like a few months after filming, uh, I asked, he'd never played golf before. So there's a golf scene in the movie. It's apparent that he's never played golf before, like in real life. And so one day off the set, I was like, Hey man, let's go, like, let's get to know each other. Like all we know is the movie characters. Let's go play golf one day. And so we play golf and he is hilarious. He is super nice, very kind, funny. And I'm like, it was so weird because all I knew was, the jerk and so i just expected to play golf with a jerk and this guy was great and i was like oh this is you've been selling me on this role for like like two months now i had no idea there was like a nice guy inside of there so that was really funny he is a great dude he actually works in ministry as well he works in kids ministry so he's like he's like on all the time he's Mm. super funny and very good with kids but man he is a jerk in the movie so it was funny to like get to know the real guy when i assumed I was like, bro, are you a jerk at home to your wife? Like, do you snap out of character there too? Um, so it was awesome. So that's just basically him just trying to stay in character deliberately while yeah. he's set. Yeah. Wow. So that it's consistent. Like, that's an acting thing. He's the one with experience. So he, so he was like, if I come out of that when we cut and I'm joking with you backstage and this and that, when they're ready to, to film again, I've got to mentally get back into the same mindset and so he's man he's incredible like i'm i'm super excited obviously to see myself in the film but i'm excited to see the final product of just his character and his role like there's a scene in the movie where he's where he comes into work drunk and before we shot it he was out in the hallway spinning in circles like 30 times so that he would get dizzy so that when they shot the scene he's literally stumbling and holding walls and stuff and with no alcohol in his system um like i wouldn't have even thought of that like to play the character he's like i really i don't want to just pretend to be dizzy i actually want to be dizzy um and so it was stuff like that like just the way his brain worked around getting into character for his role like if there was a scene he needed to be angry he'd like punch things before the scene just to get like real red-faced and frustrated um so it was cool to work alongside him having no experience and just kind of watching what he did to prep and be like all right um so it was a crazy experience. That is sick, bro. That's just some, that's, that's stuff that, but the funny part is like, it's, it's like with anything, like running a praise team, like the back end of like designing, there's just some stuff that you just won't know unless you deal with somebody that's in that world. Like you, you just, see, Oh, for sure. You just see the finished product. Like, like all that stuff that you're saying, like, I just automatically think like once they hit action and once they cut, I'm just back to normal Daryl. You know what I mean? That's what I would think. You know what right, I mean? I'm right, not thinking like right. I am taking this character on 24-7. It's just like that, right. that's legit right there. That's that that's some pro level. So 
Um, what role, talk a little bit about your wife's role. Yeah, so um, in the original script, I don't know if my family was in it. I think they wrote that in later. It's funny because we, we filmed, and this was another frustrating part too. You asked that question earlier. There were two big scenes that my entire family got to be in. So my wife and kids, um, and both we found out they were frustrating scenes because they were they were scenes that weren't ready. And so, like I said, like we'd show up at six. There was one night scene that was like a birthday party in the backyard, fire pit scene. I think we showed up at six. We had the kids with us. Our kids usually go to bed at 7.30, but we're like, hey, we'll be flexible tonight because they get to be in a movie. I don't think we started shooting till close to 10. We got home around one and it was like, it was that battle of like, I'm really mad right now, but I, there's nothing, there's nothing I can do about it. Like you kind of just become slave to the movie while you're in it. Like, like, and I was way more patient than my wife was. She's like, they said six and it's 10. And I was like, what are you going to do? Like, we can't go home right now. And so I had to play like middle guy. Like, and I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there were arguments at home later. Like you weren't on my side. You were, you were fighting me on the set and I was mad and you weren't sympathizing. And I was like, it was so hard because I was like, no, I, I'm frustrated too. Like, I totally understand why you're really mad right now, but there's nothing we can do about it. And the payoff is going to be like, Hey, we'll be sitting in a theater one day and you'll be in the movie and we'll look back and laugh at this, how frustrating it was, but you got to be in a movie. Like if, if you're going to be a turd about it, they'll probably kick you out and you won't even be in the movie. So, <laughs> so yeah, like there was, there was yeah, a lot of that where it was like, right there. <laughs> Oh my gosh, man. Like I was like, what if we get a divorce while filming this movie yet? We're in the movie married. I was like, that's not going to be good. So I don't even know at this point, bro. I don't even know if my kids are in the movie. And it's so funny because they have told all their friends, all their teachers, like their entire school is like, you guys are in a movie. And the poor kids are going to sit there and watch it and be like, dad, why aren't we in this? Um, so because it's funny, you no, never so, know what actually makes the cut. No, not at all. Right. And it's, it's true. that's what's crazy, too, is like you'll spend. Man, there were days we would spend multiple days. I'm pretty sure there were some days we shot like 15, 16 hours, like really long days. And that might be a 30-second piece of the movie, mm -hmm. which is nuts. Um, it's given me a different appreciation, too, just for the shows and movies I watch. Like you watch a scene and you're like, man, I wonder how long it took for that to be filmed. Or how did they get that angle without the reflection of the cameraman being in the window behind them? Like just crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, back to your question, how'd my wife get in the movie? I, later in, they wrote a piece where, um, because as I'm developing my relationship with David, they're like, it doesn't make sense. Like you are married with kids. It doesn't make sense for them, for you to talk about them to him, but they're never in the movie. Like they seem make-believe. And so they wrote that part in and they were like, Hey, since we're not, since we're using a bunch of non-actors for this movie anyway, it doesn't make sense for us to pick another girl to pretend to be your wife when you have a wife. And so I was like, all right, sweet. Um, so yeah, they wrote her in and what's funny now, like looking back. So those two scenes that were super frustrating got cut. They actually wrote her back into another way more significant scene. Mm -hmm. And so 
um, we, we joke, you might've seen this on my Instagram or something, but we filmed a bed scene, which I love telling people. Um, there's nothing to it other than literally we're laying in bed, like we're waking up in the morning, but I just tell people like me and my wife filmed a bed scene. Um, I'm going to try to get her a shirt that says like, I slept with an actor, but it's, it's literally just like, <laughs> it's literally a wake up scene, but we go into the kitchen and have a really significant, like deep conversation over coffee, which I think is really cool because her other scenes were like her passing out hamburgers at a birthday party or something. Mm -hmm. So like she actually gets, um, a scene. And like you said, they featured her on the, on, she's on the website and all that. So it's not a supporting role really anymore. So I love that. And then my kids are in the final scene of the movie. Um, I think I just get them out of the car. Like we pull into the church parking lot and I'm like, let's go kids. So, but they're in it. And so I'm hoping that scene doesn't get cut so that we can actually say my entire family. But like, that's just the humor of the whole situation. Like I don't deserve to be in this movie. I don't know why I was chosen to be in it. But then the fact that my, it's not just something I get to experience, but our entire family did. Um, and we'll have it on DVD and we'll always be able to look back and watch it and play it. And all four of us were in it. And so if anything, man, I, I honestly think it's going to blow up. I think the story is so impactful. I think it's going to have a crazy impact on so many people's lives and really bring redemption and restoration to families and all kinds of, like, I think the impact is going to be huge. Um, but also just the experience of being able to look back one day, if nothing comes from it, like, Man, I would love, like, I've never considered the whole acting world, but like, if something crazy came from it and people reach out and they're like, Hey, you did a great job in this movie. Would you be willing to do another one? Cool. Um, that is not a pursuit of mine, but like, if it's a one and done, it was just so fun to be a part of and all the hype around it and the stories. And there's still more marketing stuff on Instagram that's to come over the next month or so. And so it's just been, it's been a crazy journey. That's awesome, bro. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward. So, how, how is it gonna be shown? Do you know that yet? Um, I know some of it. So again, I'm learning this whole world, and so is the entire crew. Like they've never filmed a movie or put a movie out before, so it's, it's hard to get a movie out. Apparently, mm -hmm. um. I thought in this like pandemic phase of movie theaters shutting down, that would be a super easy in ramp of like, Hey, we have a movie you could show. Um, but apparently you have to like, so come mid November, uh, the 17th and 18th, we have two private showings. So it's, uh, we have one showing on a Wednesday night and one showing on a Thursday night. It's at our mm -hmm. biggest theater here in town. It's an actual theater. Um, we have the entire theater. So basically, um, and I don't even know, I'm not going to use the right terminology, but the, the distributors are the people that get it out. Right. And so it has to have some sort of credibility before a distributor is even willing to push it. And so basically the goal of these two nights is to sell them out, to get a bunch of reviews afterwards, have people go to the website and be like, man, we saw it last night. It was incredible. Every you, we want a bunch of almost a, uh, credibility resume to then take it to a distributor and say, Hey, we showed it at the largest theater in town. It sold out both nights in four days. Um, everyone loved it. People are begging for more. So you basically have to prove to a distributor it's worth putting in theaters. And then from my understanding, I could be wrong. 
each theater is its own entity. So it's not like you just pitch it to AMC and they put it in all their theaters. You have to call the individual AMC theaters and be like, will you show it? Will you show it? Will you show it? And so it's, there's going to be a lot of work. And honestly, this is, this comes back to the frustrating conversation again. We're not done because what these guys were told by their mentors or whoever is, there's a very strong chance after the private showings, somebody like not a scout, but like somebody official will come view it and they will debrief with you afterwards and be like, I think the ending was cheesy or I think it needs to be shorter or I think you didn't develop Simon's character enough. We need to know more about him. And so there's a lot of potential to have to shoot more after the private showing to fix those pieces that make it stronger. Um, or to, so to basically make it ready for right. what they deem the public. Right. So this is a tr- this is basically a trial release. It will be in a theater. We'll be sitting there enjoying popcorn, watching it. But it's really to figure out, do we tell the story good enough? And then after we get some feedback, we will go back and either take scenes that we've got that are just sitting on a hard drive or potentially have to shoot additional scenes to kind of add layers to the cake to make it make more sense. Sweet. I think it's going to be awesome, bro. It's going to be awesome. And yet, I, I, almost every, I don't know the whole idea of like shooting again, but every movie does a private screening. Like every right, movie that's sure. ever made does does a private screening. So I, I know that's not out of the norm, but yeah. man, I think it's going to be awesome, bro. I think it's going to be awesome. So how did Cascade affiliate with it? So I think they, they were the church that was originally doing – they're actually in a series right now oh, called Oh, they're doing the yeah, yeah. series. Got you. So got they were you, the ones you, that reached you. out to these guys and said, will you film some clips for our series? And that conversation turned into a movie. So it's not they're, – they're big backers of it. And obviously I think the original kind of seed of the idea came from them, but it's not tied to them or attached to them as a church. I mean – you want them as a backer, though. <laughs> I mean, that's oh, not for a, sure, that's no not doubt. A bad thing to have them as a backer, though. I feel like, yeah, yeah, they 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 have a great um, pull and a, yeah. a, a, um, a quality, a sense of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they just have a in that Columbus community and a lot yeah. of because even my pastor knows they know each other. Um, really? They have, um, yeah, they they because when when I was first getting hired there. They asked me if I knew them. They probably saw something with okay. me affiliated with, with Cascade uh-huh. or something. And I said, well, that's yeah. where Mike goes. And you right. know, Mike. Right, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. I don't even remember if I posted anything or anything like that. I don't know. Right. I don't remember how they, they put the dots that I have connections there. But yeah. Cool. So, and they were like, you know, that meant something to them. So, yeah. Pastor Purvis got, you know what I mean? I think people respect that whole ministry. So. I think yeah. that wouldn't be a bad thing to have them behind. Oh, not at all. And I think what's so cool about even this is where I just know it's a God thing. And you just sit back and laugh because it's never anything that was on a radar for me. But like my heart with Eminent is unity, getting churches to work together. The main characters from Cascade, I'm on staff with another church in town. A lot of the characters, a lot of the cast in the movie is affiliated with a different church. Like they didn't go get all of their people from one church. Um, and so even throughout the course of filming a movie, 
there are a bunch of churches represented in telling that redemptive story. And so that's what's so cool to me is like, I'm still accomplishing my other work while working on this. Like they, they're, they're synced up. That's awesome, bro. That's awesome. All right. So where can people go to find out about this movie? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for right now, um, definitely a presence on Instagram and Facebook, Shaping David. Also, the website, shapingdavid.com, is where you can sign up for like a newsletter. And so that's where you'll get, they'll pump out information as it comes live. So that's where you'll figure out if it's going to theaters, when it's going to theaters, when it's on DVD. So that'll just keep you in the loop so you don't have to constantly go check. Um, that's where they've got some trailers. They've actually got some merch you can buy. Um, so website's probably the best place. The Instagram and, and Facebook are going to push you to the website to stay informed. So check it out there. Sweet. Where can people go to find out what's going on with Eminent Worship? Yeah, for sure. Same. Facebook and Instagram uh, will push you to our website, which is Eminent with an E because there's two Eminents. E-M-I-N-E-N-T, EminentWorship.org. Um and that will push people to what we're doing with that. Sweet, bro. This has been awesome. We got to catch up some way just on the reg. Absolutely, it's, man. It's, been a, it's Absolutely. been a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm serious about that. We got to figure that out. Same thing, the pandemic issue. I mean, it's just like, you got to stay in touch with people, man, because there's people oh, for that sure. I saw before the pandemic and I never saw them again. Right. You oh, I mean? no doubt. So... Yeah, catch up some way, shape, or form. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts because it really helps out the podcast. Remember to check out my latest project, flyteddy.com. Until next time, be blessed. <laughs>